0: So how do we start this thing? Well, the show is over. It is what? finished. Woo! As, as uh, my man once said. So there's that. We can celebrate and, and also cry a little tear. Yeah.
1: yeah. So
0: I mean, for us, it's been over about this amount of time. Like it's been, yeah. the campaign did end.
2: We recorded a little over a year ago we recorded the big climax the the whole the thing that ended up being turned into three episodes which was one whole session we recorded that may 31st slash it went overnight into june 1st because i remember we uh gave you your birthday gift catherine while we were still playing
3: oh That's yeah god damn that was almost a year ago
2: that was almost like a it was like over six hours of playing I think
3: oh it was like seven I think yeah wild stuff
2: oh should we introduce ourselves or were we just assuming that everyone knows who we are at this point
3: well I mean like if they're watching a talkback like for a for our show you'd think they know us by now (laughs) still doesn't hurt to differentiate voices
4: yeah might might be
1: good I also love to do an introduction okay um hello everyone who's listening Um <laughs> uh, my name is percival walter i use he him pronouns and i play lucian astor on the valkyrie cycle
2: i am saffron heftigaub i play played oof stephanie chaplin um and also did so much editing and directing of this show
3: hi i'm quinn i use all pronouns and I played Eden Grace on The Valkyrie Cycle, as well as uh, did some music throughout.
5: Hi, everyone. I'm Karina. I played Cesar Rodriguez Reyes in The Valkyrie Cycle, and I was also part of the editing team for this season.
4: I'm Casey. uh, They, them. I played Mackenzie Starfire Miller and did some editing and some sound and some production.
6: Woo!
0: Um, I'm Catherine. I use they, them pronouns. Uh, I was the game master and also did a bunch of editing uh, as well.
6: And I'm Fabiola. I use she, her pronouns and I'm the social media person and also kind of consistently the moderator for these talk packs. Thank you. Thank you for
2: being our uh, little organizer.
6: Okay, should we start with the questions? Yeah. Okay, so the first question is for Casey. Why did you choose for Starfire to have a nickname?
4: Oh uh okay well first of all I liked the idea that in starfire didn't always go to thornridge they her family like moved there and then she started going there and this was about the time of the whole like big chosen incident re her and her sister and so i thought to i thought it would be fun if to even further estrange herself and as more of a defiance to her family she was just like you know i'm not even gonna use the name i'm just gonna i'm gonna use a different name and uh it's starfire and i imagined her sister at the end of a dining room table like fucking starfire are you serious and she's like yeah Yeah, no, that's just what I'm going with. That's just, yep. Uh, So I think for her, it was part, initially a defiance, but then more something that she, I think she ended up enjoying it more than she thought she would because it was a cool expression of her identity in a different way. And I think that, although that was the initial, like the initial like family defiance was the root cause of it. I liked having that additional extra layer of like, her starting to figure out who she was outside of her family uh but i also learned that in teen titans world there's a character named starfire who has like an evil older sister and they have like this whole wild dynamic and at some point i found an article about this and i sent it to Catherine. i was like Catherine, you'll never believe what i read and Catherine was like casey i thought that's why you picked it and i was like no i just thought it was cool <laughs>
3: Wait, that's also why I thought you picked it.
4: Exactly. No, no. I was just like, I like the name Starfire, but like, I think that's a character name. So I'm just going to put a Y there instead of an I, like edgy and shit. Yeah. Uh, And then I found that. I was like, oh my fucking God. So uh, that's, that's where that came from. But then I I initially ended up really liking, and I think she ended up really liking uh, Lucian's shortened just star version of it. A little less angry.
6: This next one's for everyone. Um, And the character epilogues, I noticed that it varied a lot in terms of how resolved they were, how happy things worked out, how far in the future people went, what made people choose to leave things open or not. So, okay, I edited
5: the
2: epilogue and I did pay it. I did notice that there was a fair amount of variety in like um, time length specified by various characters and so a little behind the scenes editing thing i did actually trim some stuff to try to make it kind of all the characters have like lined up around the same they're like kind of where their finales were were kind of around the same time period um speaking personally for me and like what i left with stephanie's arc and how much i wanted to be open-ended or not um I kind of only went as far as college for her, um, because I can't, I am haven't lived really much of my life post just like graduating college. And so I didn't really wanna be like um, describing something that I don't actually have experience in. I kind of, I wanted to leave it open-ended because I don't know the answers where, of where my own life is going so i feel like i can't even say them that i know where stephanie's life is going and um yeah i didn't want it to be like oh everything's fixed now because also real life doesn't work that way
1: um i know for me i had a lot of like not to say that i knew where lucian was gonna end up like at the end of the series because i didn't but i had a lot of things that i wanted to have happen Or at least things that I wanted him to, like, deal with and experience. And I guess, like, with a lot of things being, like, his dad dying (laughs) um, and, like, him and Caesar being happy and, like, that sort of thing. I think I left... Oh, and the road trip. Yeah, I wanted that, like, that stuff to happen. But as far as, like, what he, like, gets up to, like, after all of the events are over... I like that being more open-ended because it's like I don't know I feel like the story that we told was about the events that occurred and then like what what that is I feel like I wasn't I wasn't going to prescribe like and then he goes to this college for this many years and then he goes to this thing and he gets a job here and I don't know I I like at least like from someone who's a fan of a lot of other shows I like when there's closure but still open-ended endings for characters because then you can do whatever you want in your brain with like wherever you want them to go or that sort of thing but yeah I I had a lot of things that I wanted to have happen at the end but I didn't have a lot of ideas of like this is what happens after all of that stuff
3: kind of like a juxtaposition I guess to what Percy did for Lucian um I I sort of kind of had a little bit more planned out for Eden's uh sort of ending because the events that happened in the game were kind of a turning point in Eden's life especially within the epilogue because I've I've talked a lot I've talked about this before um a lot of Eden's uh plotline kind of happened behind the scenes a little bit and like her working through their issues and like and just their own personal I guess for lack of a better term anxieties about the whole uh, situation regarding the campaign and uh, situations without it's kind of um, playing a little bit into my own experiences where like (laughs) Like, Eden had this, like, point at the end of junior year where they had just, like, complete, like, breakdown and then just, like, learn to kind of reel that in and, like, figure themselves out a little bit more. That's kind of what I showed. And, like, I did absolutely show a lot of open-endedness, but they kind of um, fell a little bit in line. So it it was kind of easy to show off like the kind of person that they would be in the future
5: um for me deciding on what to leave open-ended or not it was about like what's fun for me to think about and what's what do I not want to like think about (laughs) like I don't know where Caesar exactly goes to college or, like, where he settles down or, like, when him and Lucian settle down. I don't know. You can decide. I don't know. I don't really want to stress myself out thinking about that. But, like, there's, like, certain details that, like, I am particular about because it's fun for me to think about and they're important to me as, like, his player.
2: Fabulous. Is there a question related to, like, favorite bit being cut or something? Have we had that question? I don't think so. Okay. At least not to my recollection. (laughs) Because I do want to say I have an answer to that question that I'm going to sneak in real quick, which is the extended bit uh, about uh, Lucian asking the police officers if he could drive and break the speed limit when caesar was riding in the ambulance with stephanie <laughs> i don't even remember saying that no they had they had a the whole exchange of trying to like convince the police officers that they could like
5: one thing, <laughs> I, am, I am glad. I am a little bit glad it got cut because that's like a scene that I like look back on. I'm like, fuck, I should have done this. Because like I look back on that scene, I'm like, fuck, Caesar should have like broken down, crying, and been like, please, like i like, I. This has just been like a really stressful time. Like, can you just please let my boyfriend do this? Oh
1: fucking good. I still, I still think about that. That was the first fucking time
5: that <laughs> he said you were your boyfriend. That's what he thought it was just as an alibi he didn't think it was real
1: just an alibi god i think of i don't i know it definitely i think i don't remember like how much of it got cut but i loved um it's like not much of a bit but like uh lucian talking to cora about um in the diner and like getting um like all about them like maybe going prom shopping together, which never happened, which is the deepest tragedy of my the, fucking them, life. The,
2: it's it It's definitely in canon. It's in the text of them talking about doing the like tuxedo and, and dress uh, swap yeah. and going shopping and stuff, because that is dear. Um the fact that they said that they were um gonna force father tom to retire probably got cut, but Damn. it did get true. It did become true because he did end
1: up retiring. Fuck Father Tom. If he can't handle the job, then why is he doing it?
5: That I've said that. I fucking said that. But also it's, I think he signed up. He signed the up. Tom thing got cut. Because I think I edited that episode. One thing that did get cut from that conversation is Lucian saying that he would get a job at like whatever story. Lies.
1: It's such a lie. Yeah, because
5: he, he was saying that job. he was like busy never, later. Never fucking got brought up again. Literally. <laughs> was a- I was
4: waiting for it in the epilogue. I was like, is he going to do it for a week as like nope. a
2: joke? No. no. It, it was just, not it- doing labor. What we're learning is that all of the bits that got cut are Percy talking really like extended <laughs> improv bits.
1: Someone tell me to shut the fuck up. No. It's way
2: too good.
6: okay the next question is did the final battle go how you expected what would the story of the campaign have been like if Cora died
0: um it actually so okay it did not go as I expected kind of because uh well, okay, so this is one thing that I I can go back and and explain about um like what happened in episodes like 14 and 15. And, and maybe I've said this in a previous talk back. I'm not sure. But originally my idea was that Cora never was going to tell anybody about uh her shit um and she was never going to tell Starfire about it. Like specifically her deal that like she wanted Starfire to like kill her and end the curse type thing Um, because like if she told Starfire then Starfire wouldn't want to do it Uh, and so she wanted to like play up being the villain so that Starfire would would go through with it at the end Um, but then I realized as we were like doing that session that if Korra didn't explain like right there and then no one would ever know and uh i thought that it was like such a crucial part of cora's characterization that i like could not leave it out and it would just make it would it makes her seem too evil um and so i was like okay time to explain because otherwise no one will ever know and cora will just die um and uh and so So that was like a thing that got changed pretty early on, was that you guys knew what Korra's motivation was. And so from there, I sort of knew that there would be an attempt to try and resolve the situation without actually fulfilling the prophecy, um, which I was like kind of prepared for. I mean, I went into that uh, that final session just with like, I mean having known the entire time exactly what Fenris was like and uh, how it would happen, like it, the possession specifically, but uh, not really entirely sure, like how, how the party would handle what I was going to throw at them. So I kind of was just in like ready to react. Um, but I I will say the thing I was most surprised by was the AED plan. Um, and the, the, uh. T- the epi pen plan really that was the thing that actually took me off guard because i was like they're crazy <laughs> um but it could wouldn't it have worked i mean i i mean i would have let it work yes uh but it was like so it was so insane that i was like i was like it's so creative and so insane. Like, of course I'll let it work. Uh, because I think that uh uh I think that one of the things that uh you GMs should try to do is encourage creativity and reward creativity. And so I was like, that's fucking batshit. Totally, let's go. But then it didn't it didn't become relevant at all. I was like, yeah, they're going in, they're gonna kill Korra and bring her back to life. Um and then and then that just went back to like the original plan that I thought was going to happen which was like you're just going to talk her down Uh, so that I was prepared for the AED kind of came out of nowhere and then went back
4: to nowhere.
0: (laughs) No we um...
3: had it as a contingency plan didn't we?
4: No no, that was the backup plan if anything went south that was the plan. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but I sort of,
0: I don't know, I really thought that that was what was going to happen, and uh, it did not, so. I also
1: really thought that that was what was going to happen, I was fully convinced that we were going to, well, because if you give us a, okay, because since, okay, ever since we found out that there was a prophecy, and that there was going to be, like, an end of the world scheme thing, my thought from day one was always that, oh, whatever we do, the way that we're going to win this is by loopholing the prophecy through, like, define the definition of a term. So when we were all like, well it says that the the, the, the black whale has to has to die.
2: Well okay um, it doesn't actually say die. It only says wolf, <laughs> wolf slain or world consumed.
1: Yeah, which like slain is die. So I was like if
3: we slay but it's the wolf wolf slain, but Korra's not doesn't need to be slain.
2: Exactly.
3: Yeah. We loophole yeah. it. Which also regardless we... I thought it was we
2: didn't it.
4: even kill
3: Fenris. <laughs>
4: No, yeah, you kind of just got out of it.
3: You we killed his motivation. I didn't,
4: I didn't kill anyone. I just kind of rolled up and talked in a circle for like twenty minutes and then it was fine.
3: Okay. Yeah. I want to answer the question because 50% of me was like, Yes, this like how the how the campaign ended was how I predicted it to end. But also I thought that like I thought that Casey would just pull some fuck shit. <laughs> Because I think Casey's like already talked about it before <laughs> that like Starfire was going to like betray Lucian oh, and Cassie. Yeah,
4: that was real that I thought I was going to do that up until the very, very,
2: very end. Yeah. Well, was you, were you going to betray them or were you going to do the same thing of Cora of like try to act like a villain to push everyone away? Oh, no, it was absolutely the same thing.
4: It was, it was going to be I'm going to make you I, I need you to not come with me. And so I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that you're safe even if this ruins our relationship for the rest of ever until they ran off until they had like until Lucian and Cassie implied strongly that they were going to go like fight the zombies and leave starfire to like whatever happened with Fenris that was the plan it was anything
2: to keep them away did you expect every all, all of the pcs to 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 in like support you no no <laughs> no I did not. They did. And and did
4: Sylvia? Like, maybe. Like, I'm I'm still not sure. I feel like if there was an optimal... I'm... Okay, listen. Here's the thing. I think out of all of us, Victoria leans the most into keep the story feral. Sometimes she does something and I'm like, holy shit. I in... In my top 20 guesses of what I thought Tor was going to do next, that wasn't in, like, that wasn't even on the short list. That wasn't on the runners-up. So, and so, you know, I always just have a healthy layer of I truly don't know what
3: Tor's going to do
4: <laughs> layered. Wasn't,
3: wasn't Sylvia, like, encouraged by Fenris, though?
2: Fenris yeah. encouraged all of them. Every single person that Fenris whispered to worked and they all was were a like killer gm oh, a move closer. on yeah was really cool and very fun and <laughs>
3: was it it was it was sylvia
2: sylvia caesar and lucian and i almost got away with it
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i
5: would be more fun
0: yeah i wasn't sure what i could have gotten you to do with that i just really was like i want to see who will cave or at, even just a little bit, even just like be tempted a little bit, uh, was what was interesting to me. Uh, and, uh, I was like, I don't think that Fenris is even going to get like far enough to bring them into it, to bring anybody into this fight. But, uh, just the fact that like, even now here at the end, you are like, you know, fighting alongside your friends and you still willing to like hear this like angry ass wolf god whisper in your ear was like juicy enough to me like that was enough to me uh it it i didn't sort of expect that it would have any like real consequence maybe except i don't know maybe uh like somebody would like see someone get tempted but uh i was like i just want to see what i could make you do
2: (laughs) i do credit eden for like to see to seeing sylvia and like stopping her i do think like to me that feels like a significant moment like i feel like if eden hadn't stopped sylvia who knows what sylvia would have (laughs) done
3: i feel like it it was a good way to like bring everyone into the scene as well like it wasn't just even though like the story was focused on starfire it wasn't just starfire you know
1: also, I'll say, if, if anyone asks Lucianaster to do anything, it's really not that hard to get him to do it. <laughs> so, when, My guy used to peer pressure like that. Well, if you just have like a semi-authoritative voice, he's gonna fold. So like, but also, I mean, like, I just, I really, because I love, I love Fenris so much. And it was really fun being a werewolf and the big bad being a wolf um so i think
2: that was right too like that's another thing is that everything that fenris said was kind of like no he has a point like
1: so it was not it was like not a difficult argument to make for lucian so and i i love when people fuck with his head so it was it was fun for me i honestly i was small part of me was hoping that you were gonna make him do something fucked up (laughs) um to someone else but it's yeah i i love i love i love fenris i mean
6: Ready for the next question? I think this one's mostly for saffron. Um, Did you consider Stevia to be a healthy relationship or was it sudden and codependent?
2: Uh Yeah, no, they're not a healthy relationship. Um, They weren't a healthy relationship as friends and they weren't a healthy relationship as a couple.
3: Listen, they can be an unhealthy relationship. We can still stand them.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um if I'm being completely honest, I didn't think Stevia would ever actually happen. Like, I Like, I thought they were fun, but I genuinely did not think they would get together, especially after like the disaster of episode two. And to have then like the way their kind of reconciliation happened in episode seven in in their bathroom scene like I honestly that kind of went that way just because I knew everyone really liked Stevia and so I was like okay can we get a happy ending for them yeah let's get a happy ending and like because that's sometimes what role playing is about like what is most fun and what is like what is the scene that you want to play in the moment? And so then that's what happened. But yeah, they weren't gonna be end game for me. And, um, cause I think that it fits Steph, at least like, you know, I can speak from Stephanie's point of view, like it fit her pattern of kind of being like all or nothing. And she was nothing for so long. And then she was all like, all the way invested in in either way like that's not healthy and so um yeah i was that's why i was kind of like yeah they need to break up and need to figure shit out and have some life experience because yeah it's codependent as hell and um but it is fun <laughs> oh also wait, i will just say really real quick a fun little thing uh which I, the reason Stevia is Stephanie and Sylvia's ship name, I came up with it is because it's like Stevia, like the, um, the sugar, uh, like replacement, because in my brain, Stephanie used Sylvia as a replacement her for, for her relationship with Cassie. And so it's like, yeah.
3: Now that I think about it, most of the relationships in T.V.C. were codependent as fuck. I'd say Cora and Starfire toe the line.
0: No, they beat the allegations. <laughs> they beat the allegations. They're they, beating
1: the allegations. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you, 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 they I mean, are not codependent. They are not. They're normal.
2: They're co- they they might trauma bond, but they're not codependent.
3: The only the only thing that makes me want to say toe the line is the trauma bonding. But yeah,
2: they're normal,
4: normal, normal as mm. hell. Just just two yeah, same. just two kids. Yeah, I
3: was good. Uh, mm. Same. Same. Yeah.
5: Mm. Uh,
1: mm. Whoa. Okay, no, okay, I love no. you guys.
5: Mm-mm. No, no.
3: The only healthy relationships are Cora Fire and Cass Eden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like we're being really dismissive. And,
1: and yeah, that we're really. Luna uh, and uh, Alex. And Lucian and Luna are and are very Alex are also functioning. healthy, and normal. And,
3: functioning, yeah. normal relationships.
1: This,
5: this feels like targeted attacks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you killed a man as your first date. Well, no. After.
1: She was the
3: first date.
2: Yeah. As part of the first date, you killed a man. <laughs>
3: So second date?
2: That was the same night. That's
1: the same date.
3: Same. So you can have two dates okay. in one day. You got another
1: question? <laughs> yeah,
4: I was yeah. about to say,
5: hey, so How normal <laughs> Lucian and Caesar are.
6: <laughs> yeah, this is actually a really good segue into the long question, which is, while I can certainly appreciate the metaphor of birth and claiming of self from an abusive father, I was shocked at how brutal... The killing of Lucian's father was and how easily Caesar went along with the plan, especially given that we, the listeners, weren't shown much of senior Astor's abuse. There also wasn't, in my opinion, any consequences of the act. So my question is, how do each of the actors and the characters reconcile Lucian's patricide with the version of his father that was presented to
1: us, the listener? Great question. Um <laughs> um yeah you're right a lot of a lot of it of the like abuse and that sort of thing doesn't live in the show and really does like i mean we were just talking about how a lot of our characters live in each other's documents and tabs and that sort of thing um so yes um i at least felt um that i didn't i just i didn't want it in the in the sh- I didn't want to see it. <laughs> like, um, you know, I'm, uh, he's my character and I, I am, I have, um, but I, I, and I have some life experiences similar to him. And I was like, I just don't, I don't want that in this show. I don't want to have that, um, in and around. And I feel like, I don't know, at least to me from like a narrative standpoint, removed from like personalness, um, I always, think that villains and characters of of that sort are more sinister when you just he, vaguely hear about the stuff that they've done or you just see the effects of it. And also like Lucian's not someone who likes to talk about that sort of thing. He's not like telling everyone how like, you know, he he's he's mad at him and for a lot of things and he's dependent on him for a lot of things. It's a very fucked up relationship, but I yeah, I just would say that I don't I didn't want the abuse like explicitly i feel like we got it at least we got what i wanted which was that everyone understood that that's what was happening and the details didn't need to be there like i i have a lot of thoughts about it i've like dm'd a lot of people about a lot of thoughts of like what it was like or that sort of thing but i didn't feel that it was like you know it's not necessary to the show that you see lucian like get hit or verbally abused more than like you know that sort of thing um and as far as the no no consequences i don't think i mean uh he got out of it legally but i don't think they're at least from like my perspective he's gonna be living with that for a while um forever i mean not a while um and as far as like how brutal it was i yeah i i um i wanted that (laughs) i thought that Um, it it's sort of because i don't know it feels intentional to me because you don't get to see a lot of the brutality that um arthur aster like inflicts not only on like lucian but on um the other people he works with like all of that sort of thing but you do get to see this sort of brutality and violence from lucian in this way where it's like oh wow well if that's what Lucian is capable of what is his father capable of who he learned that from is I guess like where my brain is in regards to that and I think it's It's also
3: yeah it's also like seeing the effects that like indirectly that Arthur Aster had on Lucian like in the both physical and like audio role playing that Percy did that like we could see and obviously there was like various world building aspects that we were privy to that, like the listeners weren't, and we could attribute like those world building aspects to like how Lucian is currently in regards to Arthur Aster, and like it felt a lot more justified. Through I don't that. think
1: you necessarily even have to say that it's justified or yeah. not. It's a thing that happens. For lack of a better I feel word, like it's, yeah, it's not like you know, I'm not, I'm never going to be like, yeah, he should have killed that old fucker. I mean, I am as a, as like a fan of the show, but I'm going to be like, yeah, he should have killed that fucker. But like, I don't, you know, I mean, like generally I feel awful and I don't like the whole, the weird practice that some people now have of passing moral judgments on characters, I think is really bullshit. It's a narrative and they tell stories and it's a story. So I really enjoy the story of like you getting, of the audience getting to see this, like inherited violence from his father inflicted back upon the person who gave it to him. feels like he's giving it back is what it feels like in that moment, because he doesn't like, I mean, he, he like, you know, he, he's not, he's not even close to morally, uh, morally good. (laughs) I feel like you could argue. So yeah, I just, those are, those are the sum total of my thoughts, but I feel like there are that like lack of consequence is not something that I really felt like was like, I don't know he doesn't there's no he's not like at peace completely I don't think that the ending I gave him implies that he's at peace completely but um, as far as like you know legal repercussions no one's gonna he got away with it and then as far as like his friends treating him differently or something I don't know I feel like everyone reacted like how they were how they were going to so
3: I honestly don't remember what we as characters like acquired of that information
2: well, so, okay, the only characters who, I mean, I think I want to hear what Car- Karina would say about Caesar and Caesar's reactions
3: yes, uh, please. in a moment.
2: <laughs> but f- first I'll, I'll say is that in terms of characters who, like, in the PCs who learn about um, Arthur and, like, Lucian killing Arthur, uh, like, it was Chosen Squad who had, it's very implied, like strongly implied that Lucian had told them about Arthur.
4: No, 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 no. I I edited this episode. Uh, Lucian, starts to tell them everything and then i think at this point they're in like morgan's house and morgan's like for
2: legal reasons stop talking
1: yeah well, they no, know that he did but he didn't say any like, i meant to,
2: like he details. had told chosen squad about like arthur's abuse like it wouldn't oh yes that's oh different. yeah for sure <laughs> like it wasn't like it, it wasn't and they also know lucian and they know his i guess how violent lucian is too like i don't i think it makes sense that chosen squad isn't really like surprised when they when they find out that that's what lucian did plus he lucian very strongly implied to starfire in their waltz that he was about to do something like she knows but she also knows like
4: what like kind of what percy was talking about in terms of like the we don't need to explicitly see things in order to feel their effects or see their effects and then draw conclusions about where those things came from. Uh, I think the chosen squad's whole response very much is derived from that in that place of understanding.
2: Also my one last little take that I'll have on, on the like brutality and, and of Arthur's death is the fact that it's monster hearts and like, everything about Monster Hearts is extreme. That's like kind of the, the point of the narrative. And so it's like, oh yeah, your your dad's abusive. Okay, what are you gonna do about it? You're gonna kill him, especially if you're a werewolf. Like that's not gonna be the story in, in other settings, but Catherine, you are nodding your head to that. Do you have a thought? Um,
0: oh, well, I was just going to say, yeah, and and actually this is not the first time that I've run a game like this and a character has killed their abusive father, which I guess makes me wonder, hmm, is that about me <laughs> that that this keeps happening? Um, but yeah, I mean, as... Uh, as the, the guy behind Arthur Astor and, like, the person who created him and, and played him, uh, one of the things that I, I like, I mean, I'm going to echo everything that Percy said and also just add that um, I did not feel very comfortable, like, as a GM depicting stuff like that on screen, number one. Uh, and, and number two, I think that one of the things about being abused is that nobody knows and so the depth of, like, the hurt and anger and brutality and violence that you're capable of, like, is under the surface. Because, like, if people don't know that it's going on, how do they know, like, like part of that is you hiding it as well. And so I think that part of, like, maybe the 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 dynamic here is also just that, like... Lucian doesn't get to be angry or brutal back at his father and so when it finally happens there's like this font of violence there that is has always been there but you don't get to see it because uh, abused people don't often fight back because it makes things worse for them oftentimes so uh i think like i think that it's 100 percent extremely valid of a response to hear that scene and be like that's fucked dude it is fucked it is fucked um and part of that is because it's fiction and uh part of that is because this is like a terrible horrible reality
5: Yeah, this is like the the whole the whole big long question is actually something that I have given a lot of thought to, despite the question just being sent in, because of the reactions that you've put in our audience reaction channel, Saffron. Of I've talked it through uh with my partner because like part of me, like when we got when you know, we got those reactions in the in that channel, I was like, oh, okay it's not like now i feel bad it's not like clear and textual um caesar's sort of reasoning for that and you know it just happens it just happens like like as we said plenty of times previously a lot of our shit lives in like dms and whatever so not everything is going to get translated to the product that we put out that is um the show but um, as for the specific point of, like, how easily Caesar went along with the plan, it's a very sort of multifaceted answer to me. Um, I think it is, like, one part narratively, I wanted to do it. I just wanted to do it um, in sort of meta sense. Um, Character-wise and character motivation-wise, it's, it's still multifaceted and that um caesar is a manipulative person sometimes a little bit and he doesn't a lot of the times it's actually like not intentional like it's it's really not it just comes out as such didn't you
2: say what you listened? You didn't realize how manipulative Caesar was being in the breakup with Lucian until you listened to that scene back. Yeah,
5: a hundred, a hundred percent. It gets me every time. I'm shocked every time at how manipulative he is in that moment because I didn't realize I was doing that. <laughs> but it it absolutely shocks me every time that Lucian is correct and somehow he ends up on the back foot in the conversation and he ends up being the one apologizing in the conversation. But um, Cesar is very much like his grandmother in that way in that you can come to Guadalupe and you can be in the right and you will still be on the back foot in that conversation. (laughs) So one part of agreement is banking that, oh, this is an investment in this relationship you'll owe me forever <laughs> if i say yes but or i can cash in something big or you won't leave if i say yes you know it is very much like the these violent delights moment of like, like i thought you'd finally believe me if you knew i'd kill for you like it, it is you know it is like i need i need to tie you to me <laughs> um Uh, I actually did have a quote uh, um, from Micah Nemerever of a snippet that he wrote from Julian Fromm's like point of view and it's you love this boy and that means you are finally alive and in these moments nothing could be simpler and really who cares what you have to do to convince him because Caesar is used to relationships being transactional and so he thinks okay like I, I, I made the joke before that like Caesar agreed to kill a man for a guy he didn't think he was dating yet. Like he didn't think he was dating at that point. And he still agrees. Because he's crazy. <laughs> and he he's used to relationships being transactional and not easy. So he says yes. And part of him is like if I need this later in the future. If I need this sort of thing. If I need Lucian to kill for me, he will, because I'm agreeing to this. And, um, sort of on that note, little segue. Um, similarly to how, like, Lucian's abuse is not textual, I don't... Now that the campaign is over, looking back, I don't know that, um my interpretation of Lucius or not Lucius caesar's family is fully textual within the campaign but my interpretation of caesar's family has always been like at best a pit of like toxicity at worst there's like riding the lines of emotional abuse and it it doesn't come up super explicitly within the campaign but it's not something that I really wanted to come up super explicitly in the campaign but it's just like a thing that you have to kind of read between the lines of like you know like when Caesar comes home like it is a very tense conversation every time that he has a conversation with Guadalupe I don't re-watch those scenes like ever, like I had to edit one, and it took me for fucking ever to just like get through that scene, and like that's the only time I've ever re-listened to like a scene with Caesar and Guadalupe um and like it's just like in little details like when caesar comes home after the party after getting attacked by the zombie like the first thing he says to guadalupe is i didn't make a scene or something like that like he doesn't even tell her that he got attacked or anything or like any of like the emotional shit that he went through at that party he tells her first thing that like i didn't make a scene and like it's just sort of like an in between the lines thing and so like to bring it back to the original point I think, you know, it's left very vague of, like, how much Caesar knows at this point about, like, Lucian and his father, and, like, that's another thing I'm completely fine leaving open-ended, but in that moment, I mean, one, Caesar already knew that he wanted to kill his dad, and so it's like, well, okay, this is just a very quick turnaround of where we were, like, Sunday, yesterday, I guess, Jesus, um but like to him it is like a moment of like solidarity of like okay okay yes I say yes because I've thought about this privately so yes and I'm banking that you will do this for me if I ask you to do it for me and he never does which
1: you know it was a personal decision i was just going to say that like it's also like how i introduced my character <laughs> um <laughs> if i i introduced lucian aster with i want to kill my father so um to a certain extent if i don't fire the Chekhov's gun it's a little bit disappointing i mean like not that i like couldn't have but i feel like that he what he's no, uh, none of these characters, and I think especially Lucian and Caesar are not not incredibly rational, sane, on the level people.
4: They're high schoolers. Um
1: yeah. and so like keeping that in account too, I, I think, yeah. And then I just wanted to say, because God, I literally love everything you've been saying, Karina. Um that it uh It just it was so important that it was that Caesar was there, I guess, is the thing. And that like to a certain extent, I think a lot of the like the reason why he didn't do it for so long, even though like, you know, he could have done it ever since he was a werewolf was because he didn't have someone else tell him that he that that's like an okay thing, like that he could do that. Because the only other person he was talking to about it was Father Tom and Father Tom was (laughs) upset (laughs) And, you know, he was confessing it as a sin to father time. But as soon as he tells it to like Caesar, who he doesn't know anything about, like Caesar's home life or anything like that. But for for Caesar, for especially Caesar, but for like any outside person to be like, you know, like, yeah, you, you you know, stand up to or like what's happening to you is wrong in some way is sometimes what you you need to do things now that doesn't always mean go going and killing your father but um it's i i thought that that was like a a certain like switch because he had been planning on it and i think like he definitely would have at least maybe tried to do it anyways i don't know it's it's strange to think of what it would have been like if he hadn't like been with caesar at the time but having an out another person be like yes and not only yes but i'll be there and i'll hypnotize him for you and <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll help you you know get start the fire and all that is like i feel like that was all it it added to to him being like oh well okay yeah this is a thing i can i can actually i can actually do yeah.
2: also oh sorry okay. okay you probably have a more important thing i was going to say something very selfish which is why is why is it uh like the question all about the brutality that lucian did against his father uh when lucian also did a bunch of brutality against stephanie (laughs) like i was gonna
1: say that's just worse probably (laughs) like
2: if it's like oh my god he patricide is bad it's like yeah but also he like yeah arthur did abuse lucian and like Stephanie also did fuck up Lucian. Like it is in retaliation, but like both are in retaliation. Like I feel like it 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 isn't that's th- just Lucian's character.
5: Yeah. I mean, to that point, I think cause we see within the campaign that is sort of eye for an eye, extreme eye for an mm. eye. But like with like with like the patricide, I guess it is a sort of more read between the lines if you're an audience member, versus like we know. But uh my point is I was just going to say like um to what Percy had said just now um Lucian and Caesar are very supportive of each other uh for better or for worse and, um they're like insane they're insane <laughs> and like I mean just like another thing is like Caesar's like not off put by Lucian's like brutality and violence like I think it's, like, in episode 11 when he, like, kicks down a door. Like, he's just, like, oh, my God, that's hot. (laughs) Like, Like, he finds it, like, sort of exciting. Like, at the, like, at the most surface level, like, I think part of him is, like, excited by that. And, like, it is also, like, very exciting to have that sort of under your fingertips and, like, you know, know you can guide that sort of violence
6: okay so the last question is how do your parents and people close to you feel about your characters i
2: i know my mom listens to the show and i think she likes stephanie um i don't think stephanie's her favorite character though i think lucian's her favorite character (laughs) but uh mom if you're listening to this and that's wrong you can you can find and tell that to me personally
1: (laughs) um I shan't speak of my parents because I never speak of them but um uh my very close friends um or at least my one very close friend who watches the show or at least has listened to some of the early bits of the show they fell behind a bit when theater things ramped up um also Lucian is not their favorite character um their favorite character I think is starfire they're a real big they're a real big starfire fan um hello alex i love you but yeah i they what they they what they said to me was that they were like um oh i i absolutely know who this guy is and i can see why you like playing him (laughs) which i think which makes sense he's the guy i've most liked playing out of any like ttrpg character um but, but yeah, it it was really fun to have them listen to the, to the first bits. I need to, I need them to keep watching all the way to the end, but they, they're generally a very big fan of everyone, but specifically they're like, I think a little annoyed by Lucian at least, by, at least especially in the beginning, but they're like, yeah, I get him. I get why you are. And I'm like, I know, which was really sweet, but yeah, generally a, a big fan of, yeah. Oh, and then also, yeah, Stevia as hell as fuck. <laughs>
3: I know I can't speak for my family because my family does not watch the show. Um, but um my two very close friends have like kept up through at least, I know, episode 11 or 12. Um so far. And one of them loves Cassie. Um, just like Cassie's stand for life. Uh the other, I think. I'm pretty sure their favorite character is is Sylvia. I'm not sure I have to check with them again, but yeah,
5: based. As for family and friends, um, my I don't think my family doesn't like really super listen to it, but um, i know like my brother and sister-in-law have like listened to some of the clips that we post um i mean my sister-in-law said that um she really likes how she can sort of like tell even like verbally that uh when i'm like in character as caesar versus like when i'm just talking so i, I guess that's a cool like <laughs> cool yeah um personally uh as for friends and family uh my dear dear friend julian um he he does adore lucian and caesar he is the one who introduced me to these violent delights by Mike and Nemrever.
2: You read that after we were done recording TVC.
5: Yeah, right? which is fucking crazy. You we did,
1: isn't it the craziest thing in the entire? It's, <laughs>
5: it's actually we can't
1: insane. It was, it,
5: that'll be a whole nother tangent. We can't get into it, but it's actually okay, fucking talk, insane. Talk to me
4: about that later, though, because oh my god, I have no so prophets.
5: much to say on that. <laughs>
1: um, we were diviners, we saw.
5: <laughs> Honestly, yeah, like we, yeah, we saw the future. Um, and my my partner hates caesar and their favorite character is caleb gray they have not listened to the show they just hate what i have said
2: catherine have any of your friends listened to the show uh
0: no um but that that's also probably because i don't do a good job of of promoting the things i do in my personal life um yeah i certainly will uh, try to get i i had a friend listen to TCC who really liked my character um in that but uh as of yet not I don't have any uh friends or family listening to uh TVC um
2: to be yeah. fair if someone doesn't like Roe there's something wrong with them say that that's
0: real um but yeah I also like I I'm sure that my I, I'm sure that my mom would love to listen to it but also I personally cannot let my mother listen to a podcast where i uh talk about sex at all like just in any form i'm just like you know what i'm gonna keep that away from her um but uh i but my friends all do know about about the podcast and are very supportive and think it's very cool so there's that i guess
2: i think this means that the final person who needs to answer this question
6: is 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 you fabiola
2: and um, yeah I was I was gonna is-
6: say I was gonna say that I like weirdly toe a line between production and friend yeah well but yeah I'm,
2: I'm having completed the series who is your favorite character and why oh,
6: I I really like Lucian and the why is it's Lucian and I'm I'm big on stuff Lucian and Lucy's are like those are my thoughts. <laughs> so true. Oh wait,
4: can I also can I also answer the close ones? Cause I want to talk about how oh! I love my girlfriend. Oh yes, sorry. I for some reason thought you already answered. No, nah, you're good. My family doesn't listen. Similar reasons to Catherine. It's chill. It's not their thing. We're good. Uh, my friends at college are far too busy to have time, and that's real and valid. Uh, but I did make them also take the quiz. And a bunch of them got Cassie and a bunch of them got Caesar. And there was basically nothing else. Uh, which was super funny. But uh, my girlfriend does listen, and I think her favorite character is Korra, uh, because she has a lot of thoughts and feelings about uh about Korra and Korra's storyline and usually when i open up my phone to tbc reactions it's her just being like all i want is good things for cora and why do these things keep happening but then you know she gets to be a gay art teacher at the end and my girlfriend was like yeah uh so i i think it i think it's very sweet but i do i do still think her i think she's weirdly fascinated by stephanie i think she still is (laughs) um but i think I I she definitely likes Starfire. I don't know if Starfire is her favorite. I might it might be Stephanie slash Cora. Um, however, I do know that she likes Ren a lot. I think Ren might be the reigning the reigning favorite because, you know, goofy little guy, selkie guy, does art, knocks over cups, general nuisance in an adorable way. Uh, but yeah. Uh, she listens, and she's listened to the whole thing, and it's great. And I love reading all of her thoughts, and it's lovely.
2: I think um, if we have anything to to say now, it's just if you've listened to all of the Valkyrie Cycle and haven't listened to all of the Cromwell Chronicles, I think that's that's the cue. Both Ren and Roe mentions. Okay, before we uh, if we close up recording, is there any last things we need to say? thank you so much for
0: listening um i i've i've i mean as as the game master i've had such a wonderful time and it's been such a wonderful time to like get to sort of relive the campaign a little bit uh through editing and and seeing the episodes go up which has been lovely and to know that people listened all the way through uh is very very humbling um and so yeah i mean thank you if you made it this far thank you even if you only listen to one episode thank you that's like yeah, so cool yeah. and so much more than i would have ever expected so uh yeah this has been very awesome
1: i want to also say thanks i and also particularly thanks to everyone who's here on this zoom call right now <laughs> um i i don't know i mean like ah personal things but <laughs> it's really interesting cuz over the course of this thing you get to i was in the middle of transition and so you get to hear my voice change over the whole both this and tcc um and it's just it's a really special piece of like history for me and like i love that care i love both of the characters i got to play so so much and i I care so much about this story and it was god it was so lovely to be able to tell it so i just really wanted to say thanks because it really means a lot to me for a lot of reasons and in a lot of ways so and especially to everyone who listened, Jesus God. If you've listened to it all the way through, amazing. That's crazy. Or even like Catherine said, just one episode. If you like, or even just like intake uh, the art that we made in any way, that's just so lovely. It's just so cool. So thank you.
2: We're really, really lucky to get to do this together.
5: Yeah. Um, big love and big thanks. And, um, Wow. I'm getting like kind of choked up a little bit. Wow. Mm-hmm. I do. I do very much love the show and I love, love everyone that I made this with, like everyone who participated, everyone on the zoom call, everyone who couldn't make it today. Um, again, thank you so much for listening.
4: I don't think I have anything much better, more extensive to say than thank you. But also I think that's probably good enough in and of itself, but also uh, special shout out to Dia and Haley and Tor and Zola and the rest of our wonderful team that uh isn't here right now, and to all of the squad. Uh, this is one of my favorite groups of people ever in the universe, and you all are very special to me, and I'm very grateful that we get to do this together. So thank you too.
3: Uh, yeah, I just can't restate enough that like, this show, like the show has been our passion project has been my passion project and like it's going to continue to be a passion project even with uh future stuff that we do and i cannot wait to do more with everybody
6: it was really great to meet everyone involved in this show and i've had a i've had a good time typing the words even <laughs> though I still have some marketing left to do. But yeah, it's wow the the last talk back for this season.
2: <sighs> We've submitted to festivals and um yeah. Oh maybe the last thing to promo right here is the rainbow roll festival just thought of that thank goodness I thought of that um if even if if you've listened through valkyrie cycle all the way um the screener that we will have will not be a surprise to you mostly uh hopefully if things work out it will be more than just some audio it will be um The evening of June 23rd through June 25th on the Rainbow Roll Fest Twitch channel, there is um, gonna be a showcase of a bunch of LGBTQ plus led actual play shows. Um, Yeah, that'll be um, an opportunity like in a month to basically see a bit of us and a bunch of these other amazing podcasts. It's part of the Rainbow Roll network and it'll be a great event um and part of pride month to yeah celebrate our show and so many others
6: yeah we are also campaigning for the crit awards there is a google doc on the instagram bio that anyone can fill out and nominate us for anything but mainly cora and arthur astor for Best NPC and Best Villain, and, and also for um, Best Sound Design as well. Yeah, the uh,
2: Crit Awards are an opportunity um, for um, inter-community um, peer nominations in actual play, um, which is really great and cool. So that um, voting for that or er, uh, nominations for that close May thirty first. Um, so yeah, in this last week of may Um, be sure to uh, check that out if you haven't already um other than that yeah i guess stay posted on social media as uh any news late this year of, of potential festivals might come out um other
0: news thank you for listening uh to the valkyrie cycle it's been a wonderful wild amazing ride and um make make uh the world as warm as it can be except uh do not support climate or do not support climate change uh fight for environmental justice uh that is all i will say the end warm
2: in the sense of love